Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Genesis Gems, episode 51. I am one of the co-hosts, Nick Stevens, and with me this time, the Lone Ranger. Well, I guess it can't be a Lone Ranger if there's two of us. Who's here? Hey, it's Aaron. How's it going, guys? <laughs> I guess uh, Rob and Landon are not here tonight, so it's going to be a duo, kind of like the old days, about halfway through the podcast. So it's just Aaron, Aaron and I for a big run, so bringing back the old school. That's right. Tag team back again. <laughs> Check out that most again. <laughs> I could probably go on with that, but I won't. <laughs> I used to, I used to rock the Jock Jam CDs. Remember those? Yeah, I, <laughs> I definitely remember those. Um, I didn't own any, but I remember uh, dorks that did. Yeah, yeah, I was one of those. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no shame, no shame at all. No shame in your game, sir. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh man, so we've tried to record this about three times. Third time's a charm. But uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I guess the uh, Patriots didn't do so good, from what I'm what I'm hearing. Oh no! Like I, so I went and dropped my kids off um, to their mom, and then I stopped in at the local taqueria, and they had the game on. And uh, yeah, uh, no, they weren't doing too hot. And I think I, what? Uh, yeah, they they only had three points when I left, so it wasn't so great. I, I kind of don't watch football as much as I used to, but I still try to keep up with it without watching it, I guess. But yeah, I, I was more excited for the uh, the Stranger Things uh, season <laughs> two promo. If I'm honest. Oh yeah, right, Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy preview that looked pretty good. Oof, the new one. I missed that. Yeah. Was there a preview for Sonic Mania? I don't know. I bet there was. That would be great. <laughs> There's probably some Wii U thing. It might it might have been featured in that. Who knows? <laughs> um, Wii U, I'm sorry. Switch. Switch? I apologize. Wii Nintendo U. nerds. Wii U Part 2. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, Genesis Gems. If you'd like to check us out on the web, you can check us out on our website at www.genesisgemspodcast.com. Uh, on our website, please go check the articles link. Nick DeMarco has been keeping up really well with the articles. He's trying to cover the games that we've been going over in the show as well. So he's got one for Heavy Nova out there most recently. Go check that out. It's a good one. And then uh, also on the website, we have our new uh, section for the rankings where we've been putting our uh, ranked games by the podcast episodes we covered here. So we've ranked uh, the games from one to however many are through there. And then you can uh, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Genesis Gems Podcast. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Genesis Gems. Email us at Genesis Gems Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gen Gems. We're on iTunes, Stitchers, and we are part of the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com. So, we had an email contest, and uh, I was actually pre- pleasantly surprised. We had three emails for this. Oh. Yeah, so we're going to we're gonna give some stuff away, but first I'm going to read the emails. Uh, the first one comes from a longtime listener, Ross Beck, a longtime supporter of my uh, collection, too. He sells me stuff. <laughs> Ross says, hey, guys, haven't been very present online in a while, but I'm always listening and lurking. Just wanted to weigh in on the awesome ranking show 49 and a few other things. Even though it's the lowest rung on the gym encrusted ladder, I'm glad Kid Chameleon earned gym status. I played it so much. I played so much of that game as a kid. And while the controls aren't the greatest, it has lots of unique features. It's one of the few games I remember renting, renting multiple times and eventually owned a gym for sure. Also, have you guys pondered featuring any games from the Sega CD or 32X? I know they're technically add-on systems, but they have some gems of their own for sure. And our great example of how Genesis does when Nintendo don't. Also, if we're splitting hairs, you can't play them unless you have a Genesis. So I'd argue that they're at least part of the Genesis. 
Uh, P.S. I've talked to Aaron and gotten pre-approval for a little experiment. I'm going to send you guys copies of a ROM hat cartridge that I love. And you can choose to feature it on the show or not. That's up to you. But I guarantee it's something you don't have and probably have never played. Either way, you'll be getting a gem of a gift soon, so keep an eye out. Cheers, Ross Beck. Thanks, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will definitely talk about the game whenever it arrives. Super excited. Sweet. So now, you, if it's uh, if it's Streets of Rage two, but every enemy grunt is replaced with Tim Allen's, you know, like if it's that, <laughs> then just don't even bother. <laughs> That'd be all right. Home improvement, man. Oh yeah, home improvement. There you go. Oh man. Um. So Sean Robinson sent us two emails. We're going to save one for next week or the next show because we're going to give away something different for the next show. But um, he sent. Uh, we kind of had a the contest on the Facebook page. I kind of listed three things you needed to do. Uh, the first one was uh, you sent us an email, and the second one was tell us your favorite part of the podcast. And uh, Sean says his favorite part of the podcast are the wordplay jokes. And um, number three, he said, uh, I said, show us proof that you have reviewed our podcast on iTunes. And uh, he says, I'm the only schmo who gave you four out of five stars. If you need more proof, ask for it. <laughs> so thanks, Sean. You'll be entered in here. And the last one comes from Jim Jones. Check that out. Nice. He goes, hey guys, strange to be emailing. Haha. I attached my iTunes review from my last from last year and attached uh, and attached a video has my favorite segment. Keep doing what you're doing. It is awesome. Jim the Jim Jones Jim. Let's see. Turn yes. this up. It's time for Ask Aaron. <laughs> How'd you like that? He said that's his favorite. Love se- it. His favorite segment of the show. So there you go. <laughs> you get caught up in them. All right. So I did something here. I have three guitar picks. Uh, number one guitar picks for Ross Beck, number two guitar picks for Sean Robinson, number three guitar picks is for Jim Jones. I'm gonna shuffle these up. Hear that? Hear guitar pick shuffle? Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. shuffle. And whichever one I pick out gets, they're gonna win the uh, Sonic All Stars Racing Transform for PS3. And the winner is number three. Jim Jones wins a Jim Jones gem of Sonic All Stars Racing 3. So Jim Jones, send, send me your uh, your address. And I will send that to you with a ton of Genesis Gems podcast business cards. And maybe a few Two Dudes in NS business cards with their eyes crossed out. But, um, yeah, we'll do that. Ooh, <laughs> nice. So, guys, stay tuned. Uh, check out our Facebook page for the next contest. I'm going to try to give something away each show. Uh, and just keep, keep tuned because we're going to be doing lots of email stuff. So, all right, let's jump right into the next one. This is Sega Snippets. Test one, two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. And uh, real quick, my Sega Snippet, um, as far as getting new games, I haven't played this yet, but I actually bought this off of uh, Steve and Michael, believe it or not, Two Dudes Troll. Um, he sold me a copy of Mad World for the Wii, and that's a Sega game. It's very, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, it's a very uh, comic book style game, a lot of black and white with a ton of blood. It's just all black and white with blood, a lot of chainsaws and stuff on the back of it. So, haven't played it. I've always wanted to. And I'll you know, you... I was gonna interject real quick. You should never trust anyone with with two first names. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, your whole name is Nick Stevens, yeah. so I guess that kind of, I guess it's okay. You could turn around, Stevie <laughs> Nicks. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna have to try that out. But the, the other thing. And guys, please go check this out. I'll put a link on our uh, show notes, and it's all over our Genesis Gems Facebook page. But uh, um, Ron McCallum's been real involved in the new Mutant League football Kickstarter, and uh, you guys need to go check that out. They're almost at goal. It looks really cool. 
I uh, I went ahead and supported it and got a free demo. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a good video card right now, so I'm going to have to go give me a new video card before this game comes out. But um, it looks sweet. Uh, again, it's the Mutant League football. The, the characters are just full-on skeletons with the shoulder pads and the helmets like before. They got some of the crazy characters uh, from the past. And even some of the new names of the teams were really cool. So go check that out. I'll put a... Um, as, as, as the uh, Kickstarter keeps going, I'll we'll update you. Hopefully, we'll get Rob on the show talk a little bit about it. But uh, go check that out in our show notes. And again, I'm going to keep posting updates on our page. But uh, anyways, that's really all I got this time. How about you, Aaron? Uh, as far as Sega snippets, I mean, to be honest, nothing too much new. I did get to go to Pack South though, um, which was awesome. So that's if you guys don't know what that is, that's Penny Arcade Expo. And they've got three, I think, around the country. They've got east, west, and south. Uh, here in San Antonio, Texas, I didn't think I was even going to get to go. Um, but a friend of mine, uh, his girlfriend didn't want to go the last day. So I ended up getting to go. I uh, got to meet up with a, a, a lot of cool bands and people I'm friends with. Um, and I went to the expo floor. There were just so many games on display uh, just some, a lot of amazing indie titles. Uh, even some of the uh, heavy hitters like Capcom were there, and uh, Nintendo showing off the Nintendo Switch. Uh, there were long lines for that, though. So what I did was, uh, and you might have seen this in our, on our group page, uh, I walked over to the Nintendo Switch area. It's like a whole section of the floor. I walked over, and I just... Uh, it, sneakily uh, pulled out a Genesis Gems card and placed it on top of the <laughs> the, the, the glass case f- for one of the Nintendo Switch displays. So hopefully so cool. someone picked that up. Yeah, That's I just awesome. put it right on top. There you go. You can't miss it. I, I didn't it. get to play the Nintendo Switch, but got to leave our calling card, which is good <laughs> enough. That's all you need, man. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. It's like, man, you know, I do these podcasts, and uh, you, you would think that I would want to go and play it. I, I do. I Eventually, I do. <laughs> but when you only have one day, there's really only so much time, and I really didn't feel like waiting two hours to play for five minutes. Um, if, if it was the Dreamcast 2, <laughs> maybe that would be a different story. I'd probably wait all day for that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, alas, it's... The Wii U, the Wii U two, right? That's what it was. The Wii U two. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, you know, we're just kidding. Uh, I think Nick and I are are both cautiously excited for this system. We hope there's lots of good Sega titles on it. Um, but we shall see. Otherwise, um, oh, let's see. Oh yeah, Capcom had their uh, they had a Resident Evil Seven VR demo. Ooh, yeah. Uh, which was cool, but they only let about 60 to 70 people in per day. And you have to remember, there's like thousands of people attending this event. Uh, so that was kind of lame. Uh, <laughs> good old Capcom. But uh, it, it was cool getting to go to the various uh, retro shops. And uh, they had all sorts of wallets on display. Like they had uh, an, a bunch of nice Sega uh, wallets Sega Genesis ones, you know, Sonic, Streets of Rage, Altered Beast, uh, I think even a Kid Chameleon one, if I if I recall. Yeah, but the Streets of Rage wallet looked awesome. That you posted that, that's the one I really wanted. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, 
isn't it great? You go to an expo and you're flat broke. How does that work? Um, <laughs> uh, like you should be broke by the time you leave not when you go in there <laughs> uh but i did get some you know free swag and uh, uh like i said i got to go to the um uh, yeah like a pretty small arcade uh but then they also had a jam space which was awesome where people were performing uh you know video game themed music um i got an album from my buddy eric uh, who's in a group called Viking Guitar Live with Mega Beardo? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I got to talk to him and Mega Beardo and Stemage and so, uh, yeah. So Me- Mega Beardo is back from my home state. He's from West Virginia, which I thought was yeah. Really cool. So he actually tours with uh, Viking Guitar Live. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, they put on an awesome set. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to see it live, but uh, they did perform uh, a golden axe medley and i just happened to grab the uh the album that it's off of they have a viking guitar live album because um, normally it's just eric because uh, he's viking guitar but when he does stuff with them they put out a live album and uh yeah there's a golden axe medley on there that's pretty killer so i recommend checking that out very cool uh otherwise uh i got to see descendants of erdrick got to hang out with them for a bit they're another awesome uh vgm cover band based out of uh austin texas which is right nearby me, uh, me actually so they are also worth checking out if you like good video game uh music <laughs> nice did, did mega birdo do a do a set he he does a Mega Man two like from start to finish. It's it's wonderful. It's out there on YouTube. Oh, you know what? I'm not I'm not sure. I think they were doing uh, Viking guitar arrangements. But what's funny was they did a I think it was a Castlevania arrangement, and uh, they all had these portable uh, receivers for for their guitars instead of having cords. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Eric's went out. Poor Eric. His went out. But uh, Mega Beardo, like he knew the, the the song already, so instead of playing like the uh, you know the backup lines, he just switched to playing lead. Oh wow! <laughs> so they it, they pulled it off without a hitch. So kudos to those guys. Yeah, me, me, uh, Mega Beardo has a uh, album called Legend of Zelda. <laughs> kind of <laughs> clever. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, oh, who else played a uh, Bit Brigade? Uh, don't know if you've heard of them. No. no. Uh, so what they do is they actually they will play a whole song from um, an NES game, I think it is. But what will happen is they will play the whole soundtrack and someone will actually be speed running the game at the same time. Oh, that's sweet. And uh, they do an awesome job. Um, I'm not going to hate on the NES in this case. They, <laughs> they do an amazing job. Uh, also, I saw the one-ups. And they did a really sweet rendition of uh, Toe Jam and Earl. Ooh. So if you can, yeah, man. And they're they're like a, a jazz band. And uh, their keyboard player was just on fire. And their guitarist was amazing. Uh, just their whole setup. They've been doing this for about 15 years now. So, yeah, they were awesome. So that's about it for Sega snippets, I guess. Um, you know, I did... Uh, put on my, had my emulator open on my Wii. I, I was kind of 
cruising around, uh, <laughs> checking out various Sega Genesis games. Uh, I just played a few here and there. But um, you know what? Uh, I am definitely looking forward to the games we have coming up on Genesis Gems. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't going to allude to that, but I've been going out buying a lot of these games that we have coming up. And we'll surprise you all later. But there's some interesting ones we're going to be covering. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I've been trying to... I don't know. I, I've, lately, I've been trying to buy the games complete. Um, I used to just find whatever was cheapest. And I'm kind of enjoying my box collection i have just kind of the aesthetic of uh looking at it so i think going forward i'm going to try to buy nothing but box uh, unless i get like a really good deal but anyways but yeah I, I bought about five or six new genesis games that uh we'll be uh talking about later nice nice all right well let's jump to the to jim jones favorite se- segment of the show this is ask aaron aaron hickman is a dude who knows a lot about sega games ask him questions it's okay he will answer them if he wants what do we got today there's some all doozy, right there's some doozies <laughs> there are some doozies so first uh, so nick uh always picks a picture of me from somewhere and uh this one is from when i was at magfest actually uh performing at chip space and to answer someone's question oh gosh <laughs> Those are egg shakers. <laughs> I got those from Toys R Us, okay? PG. <laughs> PG. They're egg shakers. I'm... Say no more. That's all you need to know. They are egg shakers. That's all you need to know. Who, who made that okay. comment? Who made that comment? I just want to know. That was I funny. think that was uh, Jim Jones. Okay. It was. <laughs> but uh, first here, Gabe uh, Van... Uh, Gilder. I always call him Glider. I think I'm just, I don't know if I'm dyslexic or what. Uh, so he says, Aaron, how did you become so epic? Um, Good question. Man, that is a great question. Well, I was raised by wolves and <laughs> and then um, I don't know, after that, I at some point I decided, you know, I want to be epic. I want to be the most awesome person who ever lived. <laughs> and uh that's how this picture came about so yeah gabe if you want to be epic like me just uh if you like the sega genesis i mean that's that's one one deal i think you're already in our group so yeah. if you like sega man you're already pretty epic to me so just keep it up so jim jones was the one asking what i was holding i will not <laughs> <laughs> read that one in full uh <laughs> And so I, I described exactly what I was holding. So Stephen Michael asks, what's the last word in the German language? And the last word is das letzte Wort. All right, let's move on. Yeah, gosh, that was an easy question. Daniel Tolan asks, so why won't my Turrican cart work on any of my consoles except for one of my two Model 2 Genesis... Genesis? Plural of Genesis. Why not Genesis? <laughs> uh, he says it will only work in the Model 1, the other Model 2, CDX, or XI if I have a 32X plugged into them. What's up with that? And uh, someone might be able to correct me if I'm wrong. I did a little bit of research into this, and I think we covered it on a previous episode that it has to do with that TMSS chip that Sega put in uh, as a anti. Uh, it's it's so companies couldn't make their own cartridges to 
bypass their lockout technology. And so uh, Accolade had made these games, um, and some of them just do not work in certain systems. I think they will work, though, with a Game Genie. So if you have a Game Genie handy, try it and let me know if that works. Chris Vanderhoof. I think I got that right. Why do you troll the two dudes so much? <laughs> uh, to answer this question, have you met Michael Kelso? <laughs> He's the worst. He is the worst. I don't know, Nick. Do you want to take this one? Since uh, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just continuing the tradition that uh, was started on this podcast earlier before I even got here. I think it, with Battletoads. It was like a ramp up to Battletoads. Yeah, it's, it was just easy. I mean, those guys just sit there and they ask for it, you know. And I don't know why, but it's just so easy to focus in and troll. Easy. Absolutely. Easy. You, you know what? You should take a look in the mirror, Mr. Chris. <laughs> and you too, Steve and Michael. And ask yourself the same question. Why do we like to troll Genesis Gems so much? Deep thoughts. <laughs> okay. Uh, Eric Purcell asks, did Right Said Fred ever pay you any royalties for being the inspiration for I'm Too Sexy? <laughs> you know, I'm still waiting for that check in the mail, but I will let you know as soon as it happens. And I appreciate the sentiment, sir. And I appreciate you. <laughs> uh, Trevor Franklin asks, what do you get if you strap... <laughs> If you strap a stick of dynamite to a hedgehog, sonic boom. Good job, Trevor. Oh, wait. That's not in the form of a question. Oh, what is a sonic boom? All righty. Oh, goodness. Uh, Daniel Tolan. I'm just going to, like, cut you off after two questions, buddy. <laughs> uh, Daniel Tolan asks, why, why can't dinosaurs clap? And I think Eric beat me to it. <laughs> Eric Purcell, uh, his answer was, uh, so why can't dinosaurs clap? And he says, because they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say I agree with Eric. So I think the case is closed there. Uh, <laughs> so Ian McGarry asks, what Genesis characters would you like to see in a Wreck-It Ralph 2? Toe Jam and Earl. For me, it's got to be Toe Jam and Earl. Uh, I think they're very iconic Unfortunately, I don't think Sega owns those properties anymore. I would also say Sketch from uh, Comic Zone would be awesome. Sketch Turner. Alex, uh, Alex Kidd. How about that? Uh, <laughs> Catch me outside. How about that? Oh, how about that? <laughs> how about that? <laughs> uh, Daniel responded. He said, Green Dog, get out of here. I don't think anyone cares about that character. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's see. So Nick Mellon asks, Fist in the air in the land of hypocrisy. Okay, so he's, he's referring to my picture. Uh, so he <laughs> says, I love Genesis Gems and even the Two Dudes podcast. The format being a game-by-game -game show clicks with me and clearly many others. My question this week is, why isn't there a Saturn Sapphires podcast that's clearly the best console ever and is deserving of one? You know what? What I always say to questions like this is, uh, if we're not making one because we're, you know, I, I guess because we've kind of got a format locked down here, uh, I always recommend find a buddy and make one yourself if you can. Because <laughs> I think it's going to be a long time before we get to the Saturn. 
And as much as I love to, as much as I love the Saturn, um, the only time I cover Sega Saturn games is actually over on Retro Obscura every once in a while. <laughs> so yeah, man, if you that could be your gateway into podcasting if you've got a face for podcasting like we do. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's my but favorite. yeah, that's what I always recommend people do. If there's not a podcast out there. Think about doing one yourself. That's kind of how uh, Retro Obscura started, because my buddy Adam, he's like, you know what? No one's doing uh, a podcast about these old and forgotten games. So he decided to start one up, and I joined him, and the rest is history. With Genesis Gems, I don't think there was really a, uh, <laughs> you know, tackle one game at a time Genesis show. There was probably a Sega show before that, but. I don't know, hmm. but that was a good question, and uh, we definitely appreciate the feedback. All right, so Blake asks, don't you just hate corduroy pants? <laughs> yes, I do. I used to have a pair of uh, green corduroy pants, uh, and uh, they were the ugliest things ever. Guilty. Me too. Yeah, but now I've seen the light. Corduroy and Airwalk shoes. I remember those days. Oh, yeah. I actually had both of those at one time. So Jared Adams asks, what is your favorite model of the Genesis? I like the Model 1 and the CDX, the latter which I have never owned. And uh, I have to agree with the Model 1. Uh, the Model 1, the non-TMSS model, I think it is. That's the one I've said in the past. The high-definition graphics, that's the the one with the best sound, I believe. I do like the CDX, though, uh, because of its small form factor and combination of Sega CD and Genesis. The Nomad is also really good, uh, really cool, but it's not compatible with all the games, unfortunately, and has kind of poor battery life. But there are ways around that. Uh, and Chris Vanderhoof says CDX is the best. Mm. Cool, man. I used to have a CDX, and it is pretty much the size of a really chubby CD player. <laughs> like the portable ones, right? Yes. Does, does, uh, does it have anti-skip protection? No. Oh, crap. I think you could actually, I'm trying to remember, I think you could actually just use it as a CD player. So Nick DeMarco asks, why do you have a shrink raid gravestone from ghosts and goblins around your neck to answer that question um actually it was castlevania thing at uh, castlevania themed uh at magfest and so everybody's badge was shaped like a tombstone i believe your second question oh and who are you prepared to say can you dig it it's uh dig it to warrior style uh, i think just the audience in general you know, just playing my music, playing my jams. Yeah. Your jams. All right. So moving right along here, we've got a few more questions. So Chris Vanderhoof asks, why are you holding up? Never mind. I already answered that question. <laughs> Sean Robinson asks, one, if you make covers of popular music using a Sega Genesis as a synth, uh, do you also make covers of Sega Genesis music using real instruments? So, oh man, this is a 10-part question. Wow. Okay, <laughs> I will try to go through these as quick as possible. So, one, if you make... Okay, so number one, 
uh, I I make a few covers of uh, pop songs. In the case of the David Bowie song, I made a Sega Genesis cover of that because it was on a chiptune compilation. Most of the stuff I make, though, are original pieces of music using some sort of chiptune hardware. Uh, using real instruments, yes, I absolutely could make Sega Genesis music using real instruments. Um, with my current setup, it would kind of be a mix. You know, I, I have done a more modern production sounding stuff. So, yes, it is entirely possible in the future. Two, scenario for all of you. You lost all your games and their hardware, including all of your Sega uh, Genesis says Someone gives you a new Genesis. Uh, so, with your gaming Genesis, which would be the first game for the Sega that you would get? Uh, my first game would probably be... <sighs> Goodness. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. A good question. Wow. For all of us. Um, my first game might be the six-pack. Because <clears throat> you didn't say it couldn't be a compilation. Good answer. <laughs> so I will <laughs> go with the six-pack. <laughs> that way you get a variety of games. Uh, <laughs> and you, you get a little bit of everything. I'm trying to think back because when I bought a Genesis again about five or six years ago, I, I didn't. I only had a few games, but I'm trying to remember what I bought. And I, it's not hitting me. I'm thinking yeah. it was one of the Streets of Rage games, but that's a good question. Yep. Yeah, excellent question. Uh, three, should Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection get ported to the Nintendo Switch, possibly with additional games? I think so, but I don't think they'll do it. And part of that is is because that's, uh, goodness, it, it's a generation ago. It's almost two generations ago now, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah. PS3 and... Uh, yeah, it wasn't on the Wii U, was it? Yeah, it was PS3 and it was Xbox 360. Yep. So the way it normally works on Nintendo systems is Nintendo has their own virtual console and they make people... This is a great thing about Nintendo. They keep making people rebuy the same games over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, every time they switch to a new, new system, which I don't see that changing anytime soon, sadly. No, no. If you could change one thing about the Mega Drive Genesis, what would it be? Um, for one, I would say a consistent sound card across all models of the Genesis is one thing. Uh, what What's another thing? Um, maybe... What would it be with the Sega Genesis? Probably just more colors on screen at a time. Um... Because I thought I think the processor was was good for what it was, but maybe just more colors on screen at the same time is something that it could have benefited uh, against the Super Nintendo especially, and more RPGs. This is turning into yeah. a multi-part thing. More <laughs> RPGs. I mean, the Genesis could obviously handle them. So, and I remember Lufia was planned and finished, just never got released. <laughs> Uh, five, do you guys want to be guests of honor at my GAM convention in Utah? We've got a fine assortment of Sega games and consoles to play. I, I have to find out what the GAM convention is. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like he would definitely he would be guests of honor. So that would be cool. <laughs> um, yeah, 
get back with us and we'll find out some more details and see what we can work out if I'm heading anywhere near that way. <laughs> uh, six, was your the most recently published game for a 16-bit wonder kind that you own? Um, for the Sega Genesis, um, since I've sold most of my games, I think the most recent game may be Jungle Strike, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> have you supported any Kickstarter or other crowdfunding projects? Yeah, I have, actually. Uh, I supported Nintendo Quest. Uh, which was a documentary from our good friend uh, Rob McCallum, who we just mentioned earlier, because he's working on the new successor. I think as a as a publicist, I can't remember yeah, exactly some, what his title was like um, for the new Mutant League, uh, Mutant Football League game. MFL. <laughs> yes. What do you think of the various official Sonic the Hedgehog animated series? Ah, uh, they're all right. They're they they were never. I was never big on them as a kid. Um, honestly, I always preferred the games. I thought it was cool when they made mention of them in the games. Um, but no, I was never really big into the cartoons. My kids get into them though, so uh, I've been able to revisit them a bit. Um, we're almost done here. Let's see. <laughs> Nine in the year twenty one oh one. Will people still? Uh, recre- recreationally play Sega Genesis games, or will it be more of a museum thing? Um, well, I think all Sega Genesis games that have been released uh, have been preserved digitally, digitally, but I don't think the cartridges will work. So, unless someone is reprinting cartridges, then I think no. But it will be just like with anything. Um, it just depends on how nostalgic people are, and uh, if if they're if Sega is still going strong. Because if the brand disappears, then people kind of stop caring. Wait, way things work. <laughs> Ten. Do you ever regret having started the Ask Aaron segment? Oh, that's a question <laughs> for Nick. Like uh, Rob actually came up with that segment, right? Was it Rob? It was Rob. But I, okay. I was like, that sounds awesome. I love this idea. And, yeah, and it's 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 been fun. You know what? Um, I don't usually get ten part questions. I hope I never do again. <laughs> but uh, no, I honestly I do appreciate the questions. Uh, and uh, yeah, I I've had a lot of fun. So just keep them coming, guys. We've got just a very short amount more. I think we got two more. So Brian Voss asked. Aaron, what do you think about online video games cross online video game crossplay? Uh, playing PS4 people online uh, on an Xbox One, I think that's amazing. Um, I think if, if we could have had more of that in the Sega Genesis SNES days, that would have been awesome. I don't. I always wondered, uh, could X-Band do that? I don't remember. Hmm. But yeah, I'm all for it. To be honest, I've played Rocket League. Uh, on PC against people on PS4 and uh, I think it's on Xbox One. But yeah, it's I'm all for it. It's it's a blast. I think the more people you can connect together, where it kind of breaks down though is if uh, you play a game that has very precise inputs, like a first-person shooter type situation, the console player is always going to have a disadvantage to the PC player. And that's just because uh, the WASD, the, uh, the the mouse plus keyboard controls on the PC are always going to be more precise. Unless someone finds a way, which some have, 
to uh, connect up a keyboard and a mouse to their console. Dream then test. that's the way. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way it's gonna be. That's how I used to play Quake Three Arena, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I don't. I didn't do that. I just used the keyboard to type when I killed people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Suck it. <laughs> I used my dream, my Dreamcast keyboard to uh, typing of the day to kill zombies. Yeah. Yes, that was such dead. a good game. Yeah. <laughs> Two player keyboard action uh, on that game was amazing. Yeah. And then we play uh, like NBA 2K Street Ball, and you could type against people. Like you just got ducked on, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't smack talk at all. <laughs> Michael Kelso asked. Where do babies come from? <laughs> oh, my. Well, we, we all know the that. The American school system has failed you. Failed you. Well, the Genesis is the more mature system. So I, I understand why he'd be asking us for life advice. Because oh, you, yeah. you got the Nintendo with the kitty stuff or whatever. And Genesis come came out strong with Altered Beast and blood. You know, <laughs> their Mortal Kombat didn't have blood. You know, we, we, we are the mature type folks here. So if you do want to ask good life questions of a smarter system, just ask us. Ask Absolutely. Aaron. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, you know what? Nick and I are both fathers yeah, who have yeah. kids. So you can always ask us that off air. If you if you really want to know, <laughs> we can tell you exactly where babies come from. <laughs> All right. That should do it. <laughs> where do you get you some theme music? You want to write yourself some like Ask Aaron background theme music? I don't know. I kind of like what Rob uh, has, has put in there for the... Oh, you mean like uh, as a music bed? Yeah, a bed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I could not find any cool helicopter jokes, but I've got some just random jokes. I might might uh, say this is a good one right here. Aviation the... jokes? No, I, I had I was like, nah, I could do aviation jokes, but just kind of got too far away. So I'm like, I got a few really good ones that my grandpa sent me. This one's my favorite. What did the pirate say on his 80th birthday? What's that? I matey. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, game on, Aaron. Game on, Nick. All right. I think. You think? Game on! Yeah, game on! Sega! <laughs> Desert Strike Return to the Gulf. I love the uh, the back of the uh, case here. It says, uh, the scuds are back. With a fiery blast from your Hellfire missiles, you must annihilate a ruthless tyrant's military arsenal, smoke his private yacht, and tear into his air force as you challenge the madman's forces in a series of surgical strikes. Rip through 27 fiery missions. Force is highly recommended. That's cool. <laughs> but um, so yeah, Desert Strike. Um, going to some memories here. I uh, I didn't really like these games as, as a kid. I kept renting them. Like I rented this and Jungle Strike and what was the other one? Urban Urban Strike. Urban Strike. Yeah, I rented them and rented them because I kept hearing how good they were, and um, I just couldn't get into them. I think later later on in life I figured out how to control it, so I, I enjoyed it a little bit more. But I don't know. It, it was like I was so intrigued by the game. I really enjoyed the free roaming and stuff, but. I'd rent it, and I'm like, nah, I got, I'm, I'm done playing this. I'm going to play something else. But uh, Did you play these when you were a kid? Yeah. Uh, I remember us renting Desert Strike, and we actually owned Jungle Strike and rented Urban Strike, as I recall. <laughs> With Desert Strike, um, it was hard. I, I found it to be really hard for my age, because I think I was playing it when I was like seven, eight, nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was just a really tough game. And I got into it. Um, it was fun. But, um, yeah, I think it was one of those things where it appealed to me. I liked the explosions. Uh, the presentation was, was awesome for the time. But, yeah, it was it was just really hard. So I don't ever remember getting past the first level of the game. But I do have memories of us renting it. 
um, and and thinking, oh man, well, hopefully I'll get good enough one day <laughs> so I can get far enough into this game. I will say Jungle Strike, though, uh, it, it was a little more accessible uh, only because you literally start out in Washington, D.C., so there's familiar landmarks to kind of uh, ground you a bit. So uh, I, I can say I got a little more into Jungle Strike, but uh, Desert Strike it plays pretty similar to Jungle Strike anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a little bit of background on this game. This was really cool. I, I kind of knew this, but as we started covering the show, I, I really wanted to dig into it a little bit more. But this game was published and developed by EA, so another EA game we've covered on here. It's like the magic little yellow tab of Genesis Gems, but uh, one of the art directors or uh, contributing artists was uh, Amy Henning, with, uh, which if you guys ever followed anything from Naughty Dog, Amy Henning actually went on to be the creative director for uh, most of the Uncharted games. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, she actually um, was the game director for the first Uncharted, Drake's Fortune, uh, creative director for the next two, and then they gave her a special thanks for the fourth one, because I think she actually quit. Uh, it's rumored that she's working on the new Star Wars game. Um, I guess... I don't know if this is like the successor to the what was that game they they unreleased like Star Wars thirteen thirteen or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. So that would be cool if that's the case. But uh, good grief, she worked on Legacy of Kane games. Uh, <laughs> she worked on Michael Jordan Chaos in the Windy City, which I thought was funny. Um, she did uh, some of the Jack and Daxter games. Um, what else did she do here? Some of the Battlefield games, 3D baseball. Uh, they gave her a lot, a lot of other companies just kind of said thank you to her like Child of Light I don't know if you ever played that game Ubisoft made um, kind of like oh a, yeah I've heard of that one I've not played it it's though. pretty cool it's a side-scrolling RPG they gave her thanks for that but I thought that was really cool uh, that she was actually and, and when you flip open the first page of the uh, instruction booklet there's a there's a picture of uh, all the directors and it's just funny some of them are looking at the ground and some of them got real big cheese faces on <laughs> but uh, she's she's the very first first person you see Amy Henning so I thought that was really cool. Um, you don't hear of a lot of companies kind of highlighting their their directors and their uh, pr- programmers right on the beginning of it. So uh, yeah, it's kind of a little cool. If you guys want to go uh, check out what all Amy Henning's done, go to the Moby Games. There's a huge list of things she has done, and I I kind of follow her. Um, the uh, PS I Love You podcast. They used to be IGN. Colin Moyarty and a uh, Greg Miller talk a lot about Amy Henning. So I, I hear her name a lot. They talk they talk a lot about her. She's actually like a real cool person in the game industry because uh, she talks about how burnout she used to get from working you know long hours trying to get these games out and she actually quit um, Naughty Dog to go uh, work for EA again to kind of kind of back off a little bit she said she didn't want to burn herself out anymore with this game development wanted to be fun again she said so I know, it was a pretty cool cool, cool little story but if you guys want to go check Amy Henning out check her out on movie games a lot of cool stuff there but uh, other than that this game was released on February 1992 and the music was composed, I teased Rob a little bit about this, uh, one name was Brian Schmidt, and the other one was Rob Hubbard, which you guys remember was Road Rash, and that's where I started all the uh, dying cat noises. So Rob, Rob Hubbard is very famous for dying cat noises, in my opinion. <laughs> but but you can tell, as soon as this game starts up, it's just, um, it's like, wow, that kind of sounds like Road Rash a little bit. <laughs> I knew immediately. See, I, have, you, have you heard any of uh, Rob Hubbard's Commodore 64 music? Yeah, I actually clicked that link you sent, and I had heard some of that before. Uh, what was it, for Commando? Yeah, 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 it's awesome. It stuff. is good. It, it's good. And I know it's one of you know Rob Luther's favorite composers. I just like giving him a hard time about it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, there were two composers in this game, weren't there? Yeah, Brian Schmidt was the other one. So I wonder how much of it was that Rob Rob Hubbard designed the tools, and how much it was the actual music he did. 
don't know. Uh, Brian Schmidt actually has credits for Mutant League Football, which kind of had. There's a lot of that same kind of sound to it. That that, crew, uh, that kind of grungy guitar rock yeah. stuff. Crew Ball that was another one. Yeah, one of Rob's favorites. <laughs> score high, score. <laughs> Josh Witt. All right. But uh, yeah. So and then um, as far as buying this game, I got it pretty cheap. I got the complete package for about seven dollars. Um, they actually had it listed on price charting for nine dollars and sixteen cents complete, and loose is going for five dollars ninety-seven cents. So it's not too bad. And the story of this game, I'm gonna read from the book. I really like doing this because I don't want to slaughter what I think I know of it. So uh, here it says: Desert Strike Return to the Gulf. Without warning, a madman has emerged in the Middle East and threatens to start Armageddon. The international community knows very little about this menace. The self-styled general, Kilbaba. But we have enough evidence of his military capabilities to take his threats very seriously. The President of the United States has chosen you to fly a series of dangerous preemptive campaigns in the desert to vanquish this... In a minute, I can't even say that. Something. <laughs> if you want to begin right away, follow the simple startup procedures listed below, blah blah blah. That's not the story, that's how you play the game. <laughs> but the first thing you all need to do, and I know Aaron would agree, when you start this game, you need to go to options. And, for my opinion, you need to change the flying style from with momentum to from above. That way you're not playing with uh, really crappy tank controls the whole game. <laughs> I feel like I was playing like a bad version of Resident Evil trying to control that. It's, uh, yeah, and, and you do get used to those controls. Um, but, especially for me, because I like playing with an arcade stick, uh, it's really nice to just be able to go in the direction you want to go. Yeah. That and uh, being able to, I love... Holding down the uh, the A button and being able to strafe around—that's nice. <laughs> you know what the you know what the uh, manual calls the the strafe? They call it. Here, here's what it says: Press and hold A in combination with a D-pad direction to jink. I didn't know jink was a word for that. <laughs> Apparently, it is. Uh, well, it it really is. Uh, yeah, winch and jink. Uh, it's a helicopter turn. No, oh, yeah. You see how it's far an my... evasive maneuver, so you can tell that they really had to do some research to, and someone on that team um, must have been former, you know, Army or Air Force to to know some of these uh, definitions. I'm guessing, or or had, uh, you know, hooked up with the military somehow to get more information. Yeah. And so when you start up the game, you want to go to options, do that. But then you also get to pick your co-pilots, which I don't know if you <laughs> looked much into this, Aaron. Um, I, lo I love the first guy. He was Lieutenant Xavier Thomas, but his nickname was X-Man. It says, uh, <laughs> X-Man is great on missions with a little host hostile fire. No one is better with the winch, but his marksmanship leaves something to be desired. And then you got Lieutenant Chris Tenmary. Aussie is her nickname. Aussie has nerves of steel, tempered by years of championship horse riding in Australia. If you want a well-rounded partner to start with, she might be a good choice. And then you got Lieutenant Carlos Valdez, who's MIA. His nickname's Jake. <laughs> Jake was last reported to be near a plane crash. Rescue him and you'll have a crack gunner and super superb winch man. He also he also knows the best places for R&R. &R. So that's, that's good, R&R. &R. And then you got Lieutenant Dave Eric, Mr. D, Lieutenant Keith Michaels, who's Tracker. I'm not going to read theirs, but I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know if any of these even did anything special for you. I picked a few of them. I didn't really notice anything special, but uh, I don't know. Is there any anything to that? 
Um, I was looking at the the co-pilot section of a, a, an FAQ on GamePacks, and it says there are only two co-pilots worth using. Lieutenant Keith Michaels, always available, and Lieutenant Carlos Valdez, special character. Choose Michaels for mission one, and then make sure to rescue Valdez to be able to ju- choose him later. Valdez is a fantastic marksman, and he's pretty good with the winch. Uh, Michaels is a decent substitute since his gunning is on, only a little worse, and gunning is the most important attribute here. Absolutely. Uh, your firepower in this game is... Everything is all about resource management in this game, so yeah. how you use your weapons uh, is very important in having a co-pilot, because I guess that kind of... It's almost like the stats of your, your helicopter when you pick a co-pilot. It's, it's basically saying... And I kind of wish it was laid out more clearly... <laughs> uh, you know, like with a, a bar that says how much of this you have, how much of this. But it's basically saying, you know, is, is your co-pilot going to shoot at things um, like they're drunk? You know, just spread fire all the time? Or are they going to be on point? Is it going to be more powerful, I think? Um, and how fast... I think there's something to do with how how fast your helicopter actually moves. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty awful at this game, so no matter who I picked, I didn't do real great. But <laughs> that's good to know. I'm glad uh, we can educate the listeners with that. I just usually randomly pick somebody and went on with my life. <laughs> yeah, and you can actually rescue certain characters uh, if you can find them. It says Valdez can be rescued in yeah, mission yeah. one or two, but not in three or four. Um, but if you use a code to get to mission three or four, because this game uses passwords they'll actually be available when you go to the uh, co-pilot menu. Cool. So yeah, you, you mentioned you know this game being all about resource management. That's so true. Um, I, I let my oldest son play this game. He was real intrigued by it. Um, you know, when you hit start and you see your map, uh, he, he would flip through all the uh, missions. And he'd ask me, Daddy, what's a VDA? What's a Rapier? What's a AAA? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I was trying to explain all this to him. So he was actually... He didn't beat the first stage, but he was actually catching on. He's like, "All right, so if I, you know, bust this satellite out, I probably need to go get some more fuel." And I'm like, "Yeah, buddy, there you go." He's <laughs> like, "He kind of understood." Nice. I mean, it, yeah, my kids were watching me play it also, and uh, they were they were pretty intrigued uh, and to the point in, until my son was like, uh, "Dad, can you play something that I want you to play now?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "All right, well, I get it." <laughs> That's funny. But it, it kind of reminded me more than just the tank controls of playing like Resident Evil, you know, because you're, yeah, you know, this is more open, of course, but you, Resident Evil is all resource management as well. Make sure you don't have plenty of herbs and don't waste your ammo, things you like ammo, that. Ammo, yeah, yeah. yeah. So plenty it, of herbs and, uh, well, in that game you only get one life. In this game, it's great because you get multiple lives and then you start out on the level, but it's like these levels are gigantic. Yeah. With multiple missions. Um, and so, like, if you die and someone shoots you down, it's, it's pretty hilarious because your your helicopter will actually just rise from the ashes. <laughs> rise from your grave. Yeah. It'll come back up like nothing happened. And you'll have all of your fuel back. And, uh, and sometimes that happens. You'll run out of fuel or something, and you'll just come crashing down to the ground. Yeah. Or the worst thing that happens when you're blowing up a building, you know there's some fuel in it or something, you blow the fuel up as the building blows up too, and then you don't have time to make it back to any other few places. But uh, the first stage is actually pretty easy. I, I was able to beat it without dying the other day. Um, 
But, yeah, it's uh, much easier too when you play with those from air controls. Exactly, I've noticed exactly um, because you're not fighting the controls so much. I mean, you can get used to the with momentum and um, it, like I did get used to playing Jungle Strike, so I definitely know how it is to play those games. Um, but yeah, it's just easier when you can just push a direction and go that way and stop on a dime and then turn around pretty quickly. Yeah, um, it's it's funny though because. When an enemy hits you or if you run into a building, your helicopter will still swing wildly. <laughs> I love that you sound, that? too. Someone someone made a comment on the Facebook page about the sound the helicopter makes. So I'm like, yeah, that sounds so cool. <laughs> the sound effects in this game are great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's, it's you know, all this stuff we're saying right now, it's real important to either look it up on the internet or read the book because even playing this game, I didn't really realize till this time that you, you could redo your armor by dropping off MIAs to the landing zones. Yeah. Had, had no clue till now. I'm yeah, like, and, and and I started doing that more recently. I was like, oh, hey, yeah, that does refill your armor. Um, now, if you're really good, of course, you won't need to. Exactly. Um, but this game does keep track of your score, so if you want to get the highest score, you got to rescue the MIAs. But it's not a necessity I think there is one MIA, though, that you rescue that is actually one of the co-pilots you can unlock, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are going to be plenty of times where it's just going to be hard to dodge that anti-aerial fire uh, because they're shooting too fast or, you know, they, they catch you with a hellfire uh, or something like that. And what's funny is, like, all the enemies use the same exact bullets you do. Yeah. Yeah, they they use three types of of, of weapons, the hydras. So, and, yep, hydras and hellfires and uh, BB guns. BB guns, yeah. <laughs> and, guns. And what just happened to me right now is a is a testament. If you fight one of those uh, stationary weapons that shoots the uh, hydras out, it hits you like one time. Even with full armor, you're probably gonna blow up. Yep. Yeah, if you're really close by. <laughs> You can maybe take like one of them, and then after that, you're just like, "Oh, what have I done?" Yep, exactly. <laughs> but I'm telling you what, I've when I was a kid, I may have beat the first level one time by luck. But um, when I bought the copy this time, I sat down one day and just read the whole book, and I was like, "Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that." And so I sat down. Yeah, there's so there's so much to it. I remember we rented it, so I didn't get to look at the manual. Uh, but did we get to talk about the story much? I thought it was kind of cool. It, it was very modern for the time. Yeah, so like, yeah, the the guy's kind of, you know, Desert Strike, Desert Storms, things like that. So uh, he's kind of a stand-in for, like, uh, Saddam Hussein at yes, the time. Yes. Because we'd gone into uh, the Gulf War because uh, I think Iraq had invaded Kuwait. Um, and so we were trying to protect Kuwait, uh, if I recall. And so this game had come out just after, I think, that conflict had resolved. Uh, if I remember right, if it hadn't resolved, it was just about to resolve. And so this was very modern. Um, and I just, I love how the general's name is General Kilbaba. Kilbaba, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a funny name. And the intro is, is pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. Uh, and I posted it in our group, but, you know, he's, he's always, there's always this evil dictator and he's talking to some peon. And Pion's like, this may cause the destruction of the whole world. 
And uh, he just smacks him. He's like, silence. Oh, the smack was epic, wasn't it? <laughs> the yes. guy's, guy's face, like, backwards. That's great. Oh, yeah. I love how they use real actors for everything. <laughs> just great. <laughs> did we talk about, um, I don't know if this is jumping around, but did we talk about all the systems this game was ported to from the Sega Genesis? No, no. Do you, you have a list? Yeah. I well, I can kind of name it offhand. <laughs> um, or, you know what? I'll pull it up because there's just so many. Uh, I can just start naming a few. It was actually on the Genesis, of course, Mega Drive. It was on the Amiga, which a lot of people said that's a really... The Amiga and the DOS versions are actually arguably better than the Genesis version in terms of detail. Uh, Mac OS... Master System. The Sega Master System version of this game is actually pretty solid. Uh, I've, I've actually played a bit of it. So it was released on a few 8-bit systems. Uh, the Atari Lynx, the Game Gear, the Game Boy, uh, which is... I was checking out videos of that. I don't think I ever played that version, hmm. but it's surprising how well that one comes across, too. The Super Nintendo, uh, the Game Boy Advance, and a version on the PlayStation Portable. So, ported to tons of systems around that time, and even imitated. I think I mentioned in our group that there was actually a Super Nintendo game that came out yep. uh, that actually kind of ripped off the gameplay from Desert Strike. But it was called uh, Desert Fighter, or ASP, Airstrike Patrol. Go check it out on the Super Nintendo on the inferior 16-bit system. <laughs> uh, just kidding, guys. Uh, you go check it out. You're actually a, a fighter jet instead of a helicopter, but the gameplay looks remarkably similar. Except uh, this, this game actually has a soundtrack going on while you play. Uh, Desert Strike, all the Strike games have no music. At least all the 16-bit ones, there is no music playing when you're actually shooting things. Kind of interesting. It's like when you play, uh, like, if you ever played Demon Souls or Dark Souls. Yeah. It's the same deal where it's like ambiance. Except in, in the strike games, it's all explosions. And and then every once in a while, you'll clear a mission, and then it'll be like, da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, though. <laughs> be like a little jingle there. Yeah, it's like NBA Live 95, you got some great intro music and menu music, and then it's just nothing. Must and be then like, all you hear are like... Must be an EA <laughs> thing, right? It's in the game. It's in the game. <laughs> so, um, I, I posted a picture of how you're supposed to hold the controller when you do when you do strafe, right? <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I'm playing. Hold it like an arcade exactly. controller. That's probably why it was so easy for you to use an arcade stick. I did bring out my Absolutely. arcade stick for it. Um, you it gotta went. try it with an arcade stick. It's kind of a blast, and it's a shame they didn't keep the from air controls in the later games because, uh, for me, it's it's my favorite way to play the game. And since it's already kind of an arcadey like experience, um, you know, except for all the just how long the levels are uh for me it's just more fun that way <laughs> one thing i wanted to bring up so when you, when you actually actually die and you run out of your lives is that like the most depressing screen you've ever seen in your life <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like oh gosh i just i just ruined the world armageddon's gonna happen right oh yeah 
Yeah, and, I, and I've seen uh, game over screens like that. I forgot what game it was, where it's just like, congratulations, you've just caused the end of the world. <laughs> That's what it felt like. I'm like, oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> or, it's, or it's even better, like, uh, you know, where you have to return to base, and they're like, uh, by the way, you can't shoot civilians. Just thought you should know. Go ahead and restart the mission. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's funny, though, because I, I wrote this note down, too. Any... Uh, but it seems like every isometric game you kind of play. Like, I kind of consider this an isometric game. With the, it yeah. is an isometric game, absolutely. It, it's kind of a... Sorry, you make your point and I'll oh, give you fine. something. You're fine. But have you ever noticed that it feels like you're going faster when you're going diagonal? And, and not, or am I thinking, yes, there's right? something I, actually, about that where it yeah. feels like you're going in a straight line even though you're going diagonal. Yeah, and yeah. it seems like you're going just a little bit faster. It's, it's, like, it's like the screen's scrolling faster. But I, I noticed that... I kept feeling like I needed to go that way just to get the level over with quick enough. Do you also know that uh, someone mentioned this? I don't know if this is true. I haven't tried it yet, but uh, if fly over the ocean and see if you lose any fuel. Really? I want you to try that and let me know if that works. I'm gonna try that right now. Because that might be a shortcut when you're going along the coast. Because here's the thing about Desert Strike: you're going along the coast in each level, so like. The actual map looks really similar each time, except all of the, uh, the buildings and things are different. All the missions and buildings are different. Okay, so I got 30 fuel right now. Yeah. Uh, and I'm flying over lots of water. 30 fuel still? Let's see. How quick does it go down? I, don't, I never actually paid attention. It goes down pretty quick. Okay, so 30 fuel. I did it again. Let's give it a few more seconds. <laughs> see if I can get hey now. Yep, I, I think you just found your exploit. I think you're right. 30 fuel. I still got it. Wow. Didn't know that. It's a tips so the and other, tricks. Uh, the other point I wanted to make, too, was that Desert Strike wasn't the first um, arcade simulator um, type game on the Sega Genesis, even released by EA. But it was the first one that I think a majority of people could get into. Uh, because of its presentation and simplicity in in how you play the game. Everything is laid out very nicely, even for the time period, because I owned games like, uh, I think it was like F-117 Nighthawk. Uh, There's like an LHX uh, helicopter game. And these were like 3D flight simulator, arcade type games. The problem with those is uh, they didn't run very well they were kind of slow and choppy uh, and so they could be fun but with this perspective it's a lot easier to just I don't know it moves quickly things explode nicely <laughs> so that's what I kind of enjoy about this game and why I think it was such a hit whereas those games weren't also the uh, it's like I was saying how everything it's just laid out. The presentation of this game is just really nice it, to the point where you realize that they didn't really change the presentation much between Desert Strike all the way to Urban Strike like three years later. Uh, once they got this formula down of, okay, well, here's a radar. This shows your map screen. This shows you where all the enemies or the item locations are. Here's uh, something that tells you what each mission is what each uh, enemy uh, or thing that you, you'll encounter on the level. The game lays out everything just about that you need to know 
on each level and you can take your time and absorb that information and it doesn't feel too overwhelming yeah absolutely I actually want to go back and play the other ones now that I've kind of learned more of the tips and tricks to this so I yeah I, I kind of came into this thinking this game was garbage and my my opinion may have changed a little bit but we'll, we'll talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize about the uh I, I knew about the controls but I honestly had no clue about the strafe button that that's been like a a life send. <laughs> so if you guys, it's a lifesaver. It really yeah. does change the dynamic of the game because suddenly it's like, oh wait, I can actually dodge enemy fire. Yeah, especially if you, you know, it, there's a little bit of strategy of trying to lock on to a certain angle and then kind of coming back and making sure you're facing the right way. But yeah, anyone who hasn't played, anyone who doesn't like this game and didn't know about that, like me, <laughs> please go back and try it again. I'd, I'd absolutely recommend it. Maybe I'm the only idiot out there, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> It also, like, when you strafe, it makes it easier to pick stuff up, too. Because, like, if you fly it over does. something and you're trying to turn around to pick it up, you kind of kind of lose it. So, Yeah. Or what's funny is you ever play this little game where it's like your ladder drops down and picks someone up. And then you, you roll right past them a little bit. And you make them run closer to you. <laughs> and then they keep on going and you keep on moving. That's even better. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just got the game over screen. Yeah, those guys are like totally dead and helicopters all <laughs> half broken. Oh, I love it. Yeah. What do you think of the animations of the, of the guys running into the boat when you drop them off? It's like their legs don't move. They just kind of Oh, I know. They're like little stick figures. It's great. <laughs> like and that. that's because, you know, they've got so many other detailed things going on. I understand that, you know, because the, the enemies and the civilians are supposed to represent like little specks compared to the size of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It makes sense, it does. and that's why I think it translate it translates well to 8-bit because it kind of seems like they're very low resolution. But there's some cool cool animations. I, I when you blow I like up the cutscenes in cut, between levels and things. Cutscenes are cool. I think the explosions are pretty awesome too. I thought that was kind of good little touch. There's even some shadows, which you know is okay. But there's some cool touches to the game. I wouldn't call it like a masterpiece by any means. Just, oh uh, no, I think uh, the the games look better as they went on. Especially, I think Jungle Strike is probably the best looking one. Yeah. Uh, if I think. Was it I think about it? Was it Urban Strike where you can go like blow up like parts of Washington D.C.? Am I thinking right? <laughs> no, that's the first level of Jungle Strike. Okay, I remember that. I remember kind of thinking that was weird. Uh, Urban Strike starts off off the coast of Hawaii, I think. Okay, okay. But, yeah. Yeah, Jungle Strike, you literally start off in Washington, D.C., and you got to defend D.C. That's what I thought. Okay. I knew it was one of those games. <laughs> and did you ever play uh, Mech Warrior? That was, that was another game that yes, played a yes, lot like uh, these games. Yep. Yes, I and, did. But the cool thing about that one was you could play that two-player, and one person could take control of the uh, the armored walking tank and you could actually pilot the guns it's like precursor to Halo with the Warthog and the... yeah it's pretty neat <laughs> that's right I need to play that again that's been a long time yeah that was a good one um, so we uh, we mentioned a little bit about music but uh, yeah that, that that intro song that was pretty rad right yeah 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 he's got it I was pretty too, probably too quiet for you to hear, but I was just playing it. I heard it. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. And then you got like a crazy tapping guitar coming in. Yeah, tapping guitar. 
Good lead, yeah. I saw some covers of that. I typed it on YouTube. Yeah, I put in a... Uh, I dropped a link to a video on our page. Yeah, okay. I lied. That's where I saw it. I didn't look it up at all. I cheated. I looked at there was website. also uh, something on Twitter. <laughs> if you go to Altered Beats, which is Altered a great Beats. name... Um, and, and they make beads of 8-bit and 16-bit things. Um, so Altered Beads, they made a post says, Any fans of Desert Strike out there, a true Sega Mega Drive retro gaming classic. And they made a cool-looking Desert Strike, uh, almost like a poster with beads and a picture of the helicopter. So pretty cool. That's cool. That's cool. Um... So, again, I'm going to talk about the instruction manual a little bit. Uh, one, one real quick tidbit I was going to throw out there. The uh, the artwork in this instruction manual is fantastic. There's some real cool, like, uh, penciled-in art of, like, helicopters and uh, some of the uh, missions. Really cool. But um, as far as this book, this is a... How many pages is this book? It's about a 50-page book here. And each campaign has almost like a little strategy guide where they call tactics. So, like, uh, campaign number one is air superiority. I say that right, it's pretty already. Um, so it's got like and a you don't have to do missions in order either. No, exactly. So like if you wanted to blow up the air air base here or you know get the radar site out here, you can do them back to back. But uh, I thought it was real cool. There's walkthrough tactics and um, it tells you about hitting start, looking for certain things. Um, and then this is where I found out um, on the very first tactic, it says each passenger you drop off restores 150 points to your armor with a maximum of 600 points, which I thought was cool. So you got a whole, you got about four pages of tactics just for the first campaign, and then the second campaign um, is called. Actually, I lied. There's like eight pages for the first campaign. The second campaign is called Scudbuster, and uh, it's got, you know, of course, destroy radar sites, orchestrate, orchestrate a jailbreak, destroy chemical weapons, destroy the power station, take out the Scud launchers, and then uh, the third one's called Embassy City. And you got to rescue UN inspectors. Uh, destroy bio- biological weapons complex. Destroy underground missile silos. Rescue the pilots lost at sea, which is pretty cool because you get to see an enemy speedboat. And uh, rescue prisoners on the madman's yacht. Yeah, it, you can't be a terrorist or a bad guy without having a yacht, right? That's just kind of that's <laughs> just kind of standard. Yeah, um, it's a de facto standard, and you actually get to you get up and close, uh, up close and personal with the yacht. I think by mission three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did want a, a little status update because we're a live podcast, apparently. Uh, <laughs> so the Patriots actually won. Oh, they did not. They won. <laughs> they came back and won. You're freaking kidding me. <laughs> just, just to let you guys know, uh, we're in the future too now. So uh, <laughs> that's awesome. By the time you hear this podcast, it's going to be old news. Were they? Uh, did they deflate the balls or something halfway through? The... <laughs> oh, that's no, I crazy. just I, I read. Uh, the headline I read, it just said, Tom Brady seals status as greatest player ever as nation mourns. As nation mourns. <laughs> wow. Oh, that was good old Brady. I, I just typed in uh, Yahoo, Brady, Pats, pull off historic Super Bowl win. You got to be kidding me. I just kept seeing a bunch of status. 3428. Oh, my gosh. I, guys, I don't even watch much football, but that's just crazy because <laughs> they were, nuts. it was like 21 to 3. Yeah, you should have seen my friend's face tonight when they're like, you want to come over and watch the Super Bowl? I'm like, ah, I'm podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this little thing called a podcast. Yeah. It's very important. I, I don't think you'd understand. Exactly. We're, we're like C-list celebrities, you know? You gotta keep That's right. <laughs> Aaron's getting ready to get to B-list with his chiptune stuff, so hopefully he doesn't That's lose right. us. 
in the dust. In the oh, dust I, yeah. I mentioned this. Uh, <laughs> that was Sega. I didn't even mention that earlier, but it was Sega. It was Sega related, to be honest. Um, uh, I just talked about it on Retro Obscura, but I was on a uh, a demo. Um, I wrote it as a Sega Master System tune, which you can go check it out. And um, it turns out the TI-99-4A actually has a very similar sound chip. And uh, I'm part of a demo scene group called Desire, uh, who have been around the demo scene since about 1990-91. Anyway, they decided to do a mega demo on the TI-99-4A, which is a microcomputer from the 80s. Uh, the first 16-bit machine, <laughs> which is its kind of claim to fame, uh, well before the Sega Genesis, I guess you could say. Anyway, the the, the point is, this demo, which is awesome, you should check it out, uh, it was entered at the synchronicity uh, demo scene party, and it got first place. So, woohoo! Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll, and, uh, if, yeah. if you want, if you want to send me that link, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Sure will. I'm taking that note now. Yeah, I've got a link to it, and it's pretty impressive considering there's uh, there really wasn't a demo scene for that computer. Demo scenes are usually based out of Europe, and if you don't know what a demo is, it's basically you have really awesome graphics and uh, the system being pushed to the limits and showing off. Um, now you would call them screensavers. But just showing off the, the coolest graphics that the system could pull off. Um, and it takes a lot of uh, programming skill and, and uh, artists and uh, dedication, basically. Artistry. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I will put a link up to that for you. Awesome. Good stuff. So, yeah, Patriots win. We got good stuff going on for Aaron's music. <laughs> I'm sure someone's happy about the Patriots winning. Someone's got My be. brother is. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a huge fan, but it's kind of cool seeing Tom Brady do what he's done. I know he's had controversy or whatever, but, you know, we kind of, for a long time, he's been a dominant quarterback. So, cool deal. Um, go back to the campaigns real quick. The last campaign's the Nuclear Storm, and it's only got a few. I've never actually made it this far, but I did watch a clip on YouTube. This looks pretty fun. It's got a lot of action to it. Uh, it says there are only two objectives in this mission, to airlift the commandos to the landing site in the middle of the oil fields and destroy all the enemy tanks around the oil fields. If you allow the enemy to destroy too many of the oil tanks, you'll be called back to the frigate and have to begin again. So, oh, no. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. But um, I never made it that far. I made it to the uh, campaign three. Yeah, I made further. it to three, and uh, I made it about halfway through, and then I had to go do something else because it's a long game. And so I think I paused it, and I just have not come back to it. Got you. <laughs> I think I set a save state for it. I was like, but, did you pa- did you pause it and leave everything on? <laughs> uh, you, you know what? I've only ever done that for I did that for Shining in the Darkness because my battery didn't work. Oh, yeah. I think I think we talked about that before. <laughs> yeah, I did oh, do that crap. once. Crap. But for this game, no, I just did save state. I I meant to like say what my high score was because I know we used to do that, but I I've already forgotten. Yeah, we need to get back to that. I have a whole sound clip and everything for that. Just never got back to it. But. All right, so we talked about graphics a little bit, sound a little bit, sound effects. I know we mentioned that, but those sound effects were great on here. Everything blowing up, and oh, they just kind of got me all giddy. Explosions and crap. <laughs> I don't know, but um, the 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 music tracks. Was there anything else other than like the intro and some intro of the... and maybe the ending? 
Okay. And um, you know, there's there's a little bit of uh, music that plays, I believe, in, in the cutscenes. Yeah, yeah. So the the, uh, back, the background music you all are hearing right now is probably gonna get pretty repetitive. <laughs> yeah, but that's alright. Uh, there's just not too much of it, but what's in there is pretty solid. What I'll say. Absolutely, Rob Hubbard, Dying Cat. Okay. That's why on that cover, <laughs> I just there was that cover of the theme song, and I just put meow. <laughs> I want chicken. I want liver. <laughs> now mix, now mix. Please deliver. <laughs> oh man! So I covered about everything. Um, I did want to hit the controls real quick. I take it back. Um, so we talked about there's three different control schemes with momentum, which is a real hard one, like tank controls. Um, from cockpit, I didn't do much with that. Uh, it was kind of like, it, is it pretty much with momentum, but without the momentum? <laughs> it was still tank controls. Cause it looks yeah. Like it. Yeah. And then from it's above, still tank controls, but without the uh, without the sliding, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I noticed that in Jungle Strike, it just lets you do with or without momentum. It doesn't let you change from cockpit or from air. Because the from above is like, that that's that's the one you want to get. Because you, when you hit right, you actually move right. Hit left, you move left. No tank controls. And then as far as the uh, weapons go, uh, A is the Hellfire missiles, which is you know, your biggest bang. Um, if you hold A down, of course, you strafe. Uh, B is the Hydra missiles. You can hold the button for continuous fire. fire. And then the C is the chain guns as well. Hold it down for continuous fire. So it's kind of good to save the Hydra missiles and Hellfire for like a tight spot. Like I, I usually did those when there's a couple things shooting at me once. But if you're taking down like one of the radar sites or a building and there's no one else around, I'd recommend using the uh, chain gun as long as you can. Yeah, I would agree. Because um, a chain gun, you will never run out of that. I mean, you could eventually, but it's really good to use that for the uh, lower tier enemies. And uh, if, if you're just blowing up a, a little satellite structure, yeah, don't waste your ammo no, I, as much as I, you want to. I did shoot a few of the uh, soldiers on the field with Hydra missiles just to see what would happen. It was pretty cool. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> they blow up real good. Yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, you get kind of sick when you play video games. But, um, yeah, I don't really have too much to say about this. It's a pretty straightforward game other than the... It, yeah, I, say, I mean, there, I, are, I say um, there are little secrets we could talk about and little cheat codes that allow you to have infinite ammo and things like that. But I think there are secrets on each map, actually, um, hidden within certain buildings. If you blow them up, you can find, uh, I think, one-ups. And uh, sometimes they'll just have enemies with rockets inside them. Yeah. You know, you uh, destroy a building and he just starts sh shooting rockets at you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good times. It's always a kind of a surprise when you blow a building up and there's just some dude standing there. Like, oh crap. <laughs> so, uh, any final thoughts? I covered that pretty quickly. Uh, final thoughts. Um, I think this is a, probably a pretty popular choice. I think most people who have listened to our podcast um, or who had a Sega Genesis might have played this game at one point. It was a very popular game. And I think... Personally, I think for a good reason. I think it was a great start to a good series um, that continued on all the way into the 32-bit era, um, pretty much ended with Nuclear Strike, and then EA made one more... I think it was EA, but it was one more game that Brian uh, uh, Posehn directed uh, that was originally going to be called Future Strike, 
that I think ended up being called Future Cop LAPD. <laughs> but I think um, Nuclear Strike is probably the best of the 32-bit games. Um, but yeah, they're all. I personally, I think they're all worth checking out. Uh, control issues aside, I, I think they've got solid gameplay. I like the the openness. We really didn't see too many games like that at that time, especially on, on console, where it felt like you were pretty restricted a lot of the time in what you could do in a game. And this one, it was kind of like you could go off GTA style within reason and just blow up all the buildings and all the people. The police won't chase you in this game. It's pretty much just uh, Commander will be like, return to base. So, Did this uh, make you want to become a helicopter pilot? Not really. I'm, You know, I'm not the biggest fan of flying. I've done it. A ton, but like hey, I got, uh, I just flew back and forth from uh, you know, from here to Texas last oh, week. Oh, that's and, right. And you didn't come say hi. I no, know. You're too far away. I was in. Fort you're about Worth. five hours away from where I was. We didn't get done each night till like six or seven, and then yeah. everyone wanted to have dinner. And by the time I got back to the hotel, I just like passed out. <laughs> so, I understand that. Yeah, but it was cool. It was nice, and uh, you know, it's like 30, 40 degrees in West Virginia right now, and I get out to Texas, it's like 75. I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. But yeah, uh, as far as flying goes, it doesn't matter how many times I've flown. When I get up in the air, and I got, I try to listen to the loudest music I can because anytime I hear like the engine slow down, like I'm like, oh gosh, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> it's like I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't like sweat or like shake or anything, but there's always this thing in the back of my head thinking this is really unnatural <laughs> being up this high here. <laughs> so, but I'll, I'll always fly rather than drive if I have to go too far. If if it's longer than five or six hours, I'd rather fly. Yeah, so. I've got one. Uh, most of these plane jokes I looked up are pretty dumb, but this <laughs> one uh, is, is pretty good. Uh, what kind of chocolate do they sell at the airport? <laughs> I don't know. Plain chocolate. <laughs> That's pretty. Just good. plain chocolate. Just plain chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this isn't a uh, airplane joke, but uh, this is a good one. Is there a hole in your shoe? No. Then how'd you get your foot in it? <laughs> Uh, what did the buffalo say to this kid when he left for school? What? Bye, son. <laughs> no. <laughs> my grand We bought my grandpa this uh, daily calendar. It's got all these like corny jokes like that on there. And every day yeah. he, wake he wakes up and types them in the Facebook. <laughs> it's, a it's kind of a nice uh, wake up in the morning and I get to read a corny joke before I go to work. So, all right. So are you ready for retrofitted achievements? I am. All right, let's do it. The Channel for Stems, Retro-Extended Achievements. So I've only got three, but I'm, I'm following suit of, of Rob Luther and his music stuff. How many you got? I've got three, and, uh, uh, you know, I think uh, it's three. There's a trilogy of games on the Sega Genesis, go. so why not? There you go. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll, we'll kind of go back and forth. My first sure. one. My first one is uh, Secret Agent Man. And that's uh, rescuing the secret agent. Nice. Yeah. Um, my first one is, did I do that? And that's uh, destroy enough civilians and or buildings to get uh, <laughs> sent back to base. <laughs> the Urkel, huh? <laughs> that's right. Uh, did you ever listen to the old NES podcast I did? We had a we had a sound clip of Urkel doing that in the beginning of our intro song. <laughs> Pretty good. I was always proud. I do of remember that. something like that. Yeah. I was proud of that uh, intro song. But uh, anyways, my next one is uh, Highway to the 
danger zone. And that's uh, going to a danger zone. Good old Kenny Loggins. Yeah. All right, number two. Uh, this is another Urkel quote. <laughs> danger is my middle name. Well, it's actually, it's Quincy, but you guys get the picture. <laughs> and that's uh, beat a level without getting hit. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear your last one. Um, yeah. And th- this one's real cheesy. Uh, it's just called, uh, I can be your hero, baby. That's saving <laughs> yes. all the MIAs. <laughs> yes. Speaking of cheesy, my third one is, got any cheese? <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, destroy buildings to find one-ups. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I like it. A nice theme. Of, you, have you been watching Family Matters on Netflix or something? Uh, no, I don't know <laughs> what sort of connection I made there. But that's just how my brain works sometimes. <laughs> I loved that show growing up, though. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. All right, let's ask the big question here. Is this game a gym? Is this game a Genesis gym? Is it good? Or is it garbage? Um, I would say that Moby Rank thinks this game's a gym. Uh, we had an 83 out of 100 critic score. Uh, one of the notable reviews I wrote down came from uh, EGM. Came from EGM. We got back there, right there. It says the action is a bit slow and never develops much intensity, but the storyline and sub storyline and sub themes make this a top-notch shooter slash action title. And then we can go right into your feedback, listeners. Once I click this link and slowly, slowly pull up Facebook, and I'm trying to fill in blank dead air here. Here we go. All right, the first one comes from Stephen Geyer. He says, "Good game. Always enjoyed playing this one." Uh, Peter Guzman says, Jim. Joshua Tice says, always love that game. Jim for sure. Uh, Eric Gerbeck says, a unique shooter that offered up a more realistic take you rarely got on consoles. Even when you were piloting a real aircraft in most console games, it was still shooting green lasers and being piloted by a pair of penguins or something. <laughs> so, the, so the military action movie atmosphere was neat. Another important note, this game is much better on Genesis compared to SNES. I got a Genesis later on and assumed Desert Strike was a crappy game due to playing the SNES version first. Well, it's not a crappy game. It's actually a very good game on the Genesis. The game is pretty tough and the series just gets better from here. But I will still rate this a gem. Scott Owen says, good. Just change how movement works. The default is impossible. Trevor Franklin, Trevor Franklin says, I'm I'm better this beat-out Berenstein Bears camping adventure. So garbage. Okay, it's three cups of very good with a dash of two. I, I like the name you called him first, Trevor Franklin. Franklin, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out, man. Come on. <laughs> Can't now, because now it's funny. <laughs> Roll with the punches. You got to, man. You got to own your mistakes. Uh, Spencer Dirk says, I'd say Jim. I love the sound the chopper makes when you slam into things. <laughs> amen. Yes. Amen. <laughs> DZ Stokes says gotta be a gem spent way too much time on this game or not enough Dom Reno says gem because at this time it was really innovative Agreed. Benjamin Murphy says gem although quite difficult Eric Purcell says gotta go with gem status because this game is truly outrageous truly 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 outrageous with a winky emoticon uh, Marlon Popichet says awesome game Jason Mayer says gem for sure Alex Burr says, it's good. I'm a weird guy and love Urban Strike the most. I know I'm odd. The other two are only good in my book. Andy Lewis says, good. Only good. Freddy Velasquez says, it's a great game, but not a gym. Ian McGarry says, a nostalgia fuel gym. But if played for the first time now, I would have to honestly say it's just good. And Jim Jones says, this game pulled so many childhood memories. Rainy winter Sunday mornings, absolute gym for me. 
Any of the strikes, to be fair. A winched-up crate of gymnasts. <laughs> All nice. right. So, um, <clears throat> wow, there's a lot of gyms out there. Um, I can't, personally, I can't say it's a gym. I'm going to have to go with just good. It's definitely not a game I would consider, like, top 10, top 20 in my, in my book. Uh, I had fun, um, especially once I uh, figured out how to strafe and kind of learned the ins and outs of the game and things. Um, I, I, I respect it as far as the innovation goes with how the free roaming is and, and resource management. You know, they keep saying this game is a shoot 'em up or an action. I, I think <laughs> to me it's like survival, you know, without the horror. <laughs> so yeah. res- resource management, you know, get a plan. You got to make sure you get enough fueled armor and uh, should appeal to your brain then, because uh, you know your procurement and uh, yeah. Uh, hey, you remembered. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, we, we joke. Uh, everyone's like, yeah, "You ever watch the show Friends? You know Chandler's job. That's Nick, because no one knows what he does for a living." <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I have to say, just good. Um, I, I know the fans aren't really uh, probably want to agree with that, but for me, it's just good. And for me, I will go with a gem, borderline gem, borderline. just over a gem. And the reason why I'm going with gem is because of uh, the foundation it laid for the series. And just how, uh, to me, how well thought out and well planned the first game was to the point where it's like they really didn't need to change too much for the subsequent games. The gameplay was clearly there. The mechanics were there. Uh, you know, the, the weapon systems were already pretty solid. Uh, I thought the presentation was fantastic for the time. Um, if I played it now just by itself uh, playing all these modern games that that kind of um, hold your hand I mean honestly this would still I think play well with uh, a modern audience maybe with a, a you know some a new coat of paint or something be- because of the way uh, it lays out everything on on your option screen where you can kind of go oh okay well this is my mission these are the types of enemies that I'm gonna face Here's where the fuel is. Here's where this is. Like, you know, it kind of lays everything out on a map for you uh, to go out and go find like a, a modern game. Except the difference is with a modern game, you would have all that stuff on a uh, an on-screen radar now. I think that would be the only difference. But yeah. Anyways, um, I I think it's I think it's a gem. Um, I think there's a reason why it's such a memorable series in general to people i i probably agree with a lot of people that like jungle strike just a little bit more but uh the controls in this game it it wasn't until about a year ago when i picked up another copy and realized that you could do the from air controls man why doesn't every game just let you do this i don't know why they took it away uh so yeah i i think it's um just a solid game through and through. Uh, I think the only knock I have against it is just the kind of the, re- the repetitive environments. Uh, there's a whole lot of uh, whole lot of sand. <laughs> a whole lot of sand. <laughs> whole lot of sand. If you like sand, there's tons of it. With, so if we cover Jungle Strike, would your gripe be there's a whole lot of trees? It's just too much jungle. <laughs> too much foliage. You know what? We need some desert. Just too much of this jungle stuff. Uh, well. Since there's not a third host here, yeah, I said good. Aaron said Jim. I guess we're gonna have to have the listeners be the third sounding off panel, and they said Jim. So I'm gonna lay the gavel down here and say this game is a gym. 
Thank you for being a gem Played you once and now I'm back again Your card is true You're the pearl in my Sega world And if we threw a party Invited all the hosers we knew You would see the greatest game would be for me I put the card in and I say thank you for being a champ All right, and um, we do have to go to our uh, our to list, share. right? Yeah, I'm getting ready to share the screen now. If I can find my button, share screens. Start here we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at your screen. Okay, here it goes. It's pulling up. Yay, technology. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, so in my first glance, I think it would be somewhere in here. Um. Yeah, so here's where I would put it. I would probably put it above honestly i could see it going above Sonic spin ball but I, if you want to put it somewhere lower i will fight you for it you'll fight me for it <laughs> no well it's I, above I, alter beast for me i think it's a better game than alter beast okay I, I you know even though i called alter a lot of these games that i have highlighted here sonic spin ball world rumble rambo some of these are, are nostalgia gems for me yeah but i do think it's better than alter beast i don't quite think it's better than rambo 3 though I, okay just... so we can put it i don't mind slotting it in between rambo 3 and Beavis and butthead okay so... considering i think jungle strike is just a better game in general okay okay so, it's the... so i'm fine with slotting it there it is the new number 27. i'm not gonna lose any sleep <laughs> i'm not gonna cry myself to bed on my ginormous pillow you're like going all the way down. So you said between Chester Cheetah, Chester Cheetah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, Crystal's ponytail, like that's what you meant, Aaron, right? Under Rambo three, right? Okay, I'll put it. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. One of these. Don't forget, guys. You can go to our website over at GenesisGemsPodcast.com to see our updated list as soon as Nick updates it. Update my pivot table. Too oh, many gems. Bam. There you go. All right, save. It'll be on the website later. <laughs> so we've covered. It says. So wait, how do you have? Well, this is episode fifty-one, right? Yeah. So I don't know what you're gonna We have forty-eight games and fifty-one episodes. So we're missing three, three episodes, right? One was uh, Rob and I did a special on the Sonic uh, cartoon episode. Oh, one. that's right. Okay. We did a Chris special. And then yep. we did the, we did the ranking show, so that'll be got good. it. Okay, well that makes sense then. Yep. yep. I don't have to fire you from your own show. <laughs> <laughs> Fired. Far. Fired. All right. So cool. Well, that's our Desert Strike show. So join us next time. We're actually going to be recording next week. Uh, I may be able to kind of gap the episodes a little bit because I'm trying to get two episodes out a month. That's my goal. But uh, we will be covering Wolf Child next time with uh, Daniel Tolan from Retro Obscura. Yeah. And I believe and Retro Obscura uh, is coming back. We just recorded a new episode. We've got one that was recorded a few months ago uh, that's actually coming out pretty soon. So stay tuned for that. Absolutely. So I think Rob will be joining us. Daniel will be here. Um, Aaron and hopefully maybe even Landon. So we'll we'll have a full house. But uh, pretty excited about this one. Wolf Child is a game I've actually never played until now. So I, I bought the game a couple weeks ago. Pretty excited to talk about it. It's uh, something I wasn't expecting. But uh, anyways, with that, um, 
please check us out on the web. Um, if you want to go to our website, www.genesisgemspodcast.com, that's a hub for everything. All of our links are there, so go check that out. And please go check out our articles. Really enjoy the work of Nick DeMarco. I'm trying to push him a little bit more um, out of the dungeon. You know, if, if we get enough clicks there, maybe he can come out of the dungeon. I don't know. But uh, also go follow us uh, for our rankings. Anytime I put the new ranking out there, I'll try to post a uh, Facebook post. But uh, anyways, with that, it is late on a Sunday night. I need to get going to bed so I can wake up and slave at work tomorrow. <laughs> so, that's right. And hear all the Patriots talk. Yeah, that's true. True. I may have to close my door just to uh, get some work done. But uh, That's right. That is the joy of an office. But anyways, <laughs> I hope you guys have a good day and uh, we'll catch you later. Later, dudes. Mm-hmm.